Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got to tell you, watching a game that Michigan that I know Michigan State wins is yeah. makes it a lot easier for me to watch them go down thirteen to six against Penn State and not like freak out. Yeah, so I emotionally hedged that game by betting ten dollars on Penn State at one point. Smart, smart. Yeah, I, I'm not I like I do that a lot with this team. <laughs> this like it's a funny team because like on the one hand, I, I actually really like them. Like I think they're they're like tough and whatever yeah but like they are not very good no they do (laughs) but they all do look like i'll say this for them they all do look like they're at least enjoying it i i I think that like you you can see how this team could be good it's It's just yeah like like you can see like if this is like a a classic Izzo team and then like you know you, you can see it but right now man it is not good. No. Um, Miles Dredd has great facial hair. He has like mutton chops. Amazing. to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A mortician's version of the Touchline Media Group because we are examining a dead body. Um, I'm your host. Okay. I'm your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. I'm joined by my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. The Stump. I'm a uh, dear listener. Before we get into the sponsors and panelists and whatnot, um, I am watching a Michigan State basketball game on record. Right now, I do not necessarily know how we get to the ending, although I do know the ending. So as we speak right now, Michigan State is losing by nine to Penn State. So if at certain points you hear me get frustrated, it's because basketball is my enemy and I hate everything until they win this game. Um, <clears throat> this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in, uh, Paramount Plus, and um, I don't know, I think Rye Whiskey, 
is what I'm into right now. Um, I, I went to like a, a, a scotch night uh, the other week and, and I had a rye that was pretty good. Um, anyways, we're joined by Ben, uh, who's our panelist. And at some point, I'm just going to call him a co-host because he's here literally every week um, to talk about yes, correct. soccer, U.S. soccer. I, um, I, I don't know if this is the right time to do this, but um, can, I, I, I don't know if you guys listen to every single scuffed episode, but I mostly do. And the fact that they change up their intro every single episode now is like really messing with me. Uh, um, but the app I started using for a podcast lets you, including this um, one. <laughs> yes. Uh, lets you skip the beginning. Like you can set the podcast to like skip the first 15 or 30 seconds of whatever. Oh. So I, I don't hear the scuffed intro anymore. Sorry. It used to be like, you know, I'm so-and-so in Georgia. He's so-and-so right. in Iowa. And now it's just like, this is the Scott podcast. We talk about U.S. soccer. Can we, can we do some podcasts mean you... on Podcast Fire, by the way? Wait, what's Podcast Fire? Well, like podcast on podcast violence. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yes. Totally. Uh, if, if, I mean, I think the problem is, is that like, I don't listen to the podcasts that I would talk shit about. Um, and especially since they view themselves not as podcasts, but as YouTubers. Um, <laughs> no, this isn't what you think. Um, Dear listener, this is about where a certain uh, discussion happened. We edited it out so that we don't get sued. Sorry, man. Come at us. You know, I like, I don't, uh, our, our, our listenership, our, our, how about this? Our listenership versus your listenership, but um, anybody who's on both. Meet me in the octagon. Yeah, Meet me in Temecula. Temecula, yeah. Uh, is that, I, yeah, that might be the episode title. Mm-hmm. Um Again, dear listener, my my uh, my keyboard is broken, so I, I have to ask people to text me uh, episode names instead of just uh, chatting it. Um, so, okay, so we should probably talk about soccer because that's more or less why we're here. The meta discussions of which podcasts in the soccer universe are good and not good is not. Well, I don't know. We could be a meta podcast. I mean, like a media, <laughs> like a, a media criticism podcast. Like that actually doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, I listen the, to a uh, lot of podcasts. The awful announcing of. Uh podcast accounts yeah like we're we're the we're the ombudsman like some ombudsman (laughs) you know like tell you that espn does a poor job others um comment that the coup in peru actually happened that's right dear listener there was a coup in peru um go blue that's what communists do um anyways um (laughs) um so the uh the question of 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 our criticism of other podcasts aside is that um a scuffed is great we love them vince was on an episode we would love to to have the rest of those guys um on the on the on the pod if uh if bells or uh greg want to come on and talk uh football like actual football that's that's more or less our sweet spot we bring people on who write about one thing to talk about the other right um it's like like if, are you a football writer who wants a to talk about soccer for an hour hi hello Welcome. Spencer. Uh, Spencer. Um, or Holly or Ryan or Jason. Any of them. Cerber, I I feel like would be the like the best option there. Uh, but you know. Um uh so we uh anyways, so we had a World Cup end for our boys. The World Cup is still ongoing. Um, if you uh are interested in other teams that are currently playing in the World Cup, there are a lot of great podcasts out there that are still talking about what's going on in the World Cup. Touchline Fraca, 
is one of them. Uh, you should subscribe to them. They are talking about England and France and not Germany because, you know, they didn't have a great time. They got also, an early vacation. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but like there was like a massive uh, arrest of like uh, QAnon, uh, like paramilitary nationalists in Germany. Yeah, Germans. Uh, and uh, I got to tell you, um, the amount of people who all made the same joke, uh, really, really encouraging because it, it, it solidifies my view that um, college football and, and international soccer are the same because the amount of people whose response to a potential coup in Germany, the amount of people who responded with, man, Germany really needs to get out of the group stage next time. <laughs> it's like, because if there was like, like if there was some sort of, you know, nationalist movement in America that like was focused in say, oh, I don't know, Alabama next year, we'd be like, man, they really got to get back to the playoff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like we get, we got to distract the popular, distract yeah. the populace. Red and circuses. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, so we're, we're going to talk about the American aspect of this. Um, the first thing that I want to do before we get to listener questions and, and other things we want to talk about um, is I want to say thank you to uh, Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman and Kellen Acosta and Christian Roldan, yes, and Paul Ariola and Jordan Morris and Sebastian Legette, yes, and like that whole group of guys who will not be here next time. Um, Walker, maybe, but the rest of them, I, I don't think we'll have a place the next time we have a World Cup. And I think that it's like very easy for us. And we do it too, myself included. Like to just like get like so hyped up about the core of this group that sometimes you forget that like Sean Johnson has been like a willing soldier throughout this entire process. And like, that's awesome. That's really cool. And Tim Ream, like obviously was the loudest because he stepped up when we needed him. But for all the jokes about vibes and this and that, like, hey, there was no other midfielder who was going to come in and save us. He didn't exist in the pool right now. But B, like Christian Roldan was the first guy, the first guy on the field to pick up Christian Pulisic after after that game against Netherlands. Like he was the one who like jogged out and was like, hey, keep your head up, stand up, like you nothing to be ashamed of, so on and so forth. Um, and like that's that's something that's cool. And I I think that that's something like we, we should recognize. So like I wanna I wanna take a minute to like reminisce about the cool moments that um the Darlington Nagby generation gave us I'm 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 gonna call it the Nagby generation because he's the perfect encapsulation because he bailed when we needed him most like he was the avatar. Um is that is that correct? Are we good with that? I think so. I, I don't I don't know enough about the cartoon, so yeah, go for it. I'm just uh, the, I'm just agreeing to be neighborly. I don't really know what we're talking <laughs> about. I'm too I'm too distracted by your shirt. Uh oh, this is my uh this is the high school I coach at. Oh um, okay. This is a visual podcast. Um dear listener, I'll I'll tell you. Uh last tonight, uh earlier tonight, we we had a game um uh at at uh you know on the road and um disappointing. Disappointing result, lost by ten. Um but more disappointing than that was uh I had a lot of must be the uh, coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I take my responsibility for my part of this, but like, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, soft behavior. Um, <laughs> you can't all I, tell freshmen that. All I, all I can see on your shirt is Valley Torah. So I've got like these like Jewish karate kid vibes going on, like in my mind right now, like the all yeah, Valley gonna, Torah. That'd be amazing. Wood karate watch. Yeah, wood watch. <laughs> I, I do need to tell you that. Um, so, so the karate kid and Cobra Kai, 
take place where I live. Like yeah. the 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 uh, Cobra Kai uh, dojo, like where it actually is. They say it's at Lancashire and Magnolia. Uh, that's where my gym is. Oh. Like I, I go there three times a week, three times a week, once a month. Like karate. Um, <laughs> To, to work out. Like, it, it is absolutely, like, my neighborhood. Like, they, like, talk about, like, roads. They're like, oh, like, they're off of Victory and Reseda. And I was like, and I, and I like, will look at my wife and be like, it's where so-and-so's office is. I, I go there on Tuesdays. Um, actually, my Tuesday meeting is in, is in the city. But anyways, um, so yes, the, the, the idea of Valley Tora being a karate studio is not a crazy idea. Uh, it is. It yeah. is, in fact, a high school. Um, All right. So, uh, ten minutes in, do you guys want to talk about soccer? Or, uh, I guess. Or what? I don't know. No, I want to keep talking about uh, local Jewish karate tournaments in Southern California. <laughs> Can we talk about how? Well, so so here's the the only problem with that. No. The only problem with that is that actually the the martial art that uh, Jewish kids mostly perform is uh, Krav Maga. So it wouldn't be a karate. Yeah, I know. It would be a Krav Maga tournament. Um, Technicalities, wonderful. I'm glad we had this conversation. Um, Krav Maga is a good great, use of all of our times. It's a can great martial mute art. Asa? Is that <laughs> no? Can anybody do that? Or he do no, that? he can Oops. only mute us. <laughs> um, but seriously, I like Krav Maga because it's mostly dick punching. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we should just hit stop on this and start again. Uh, eh, it's fine. Um, we ended last episode with biblical discussion. We start this episode with dick punching. This is what you get from the freshman team version of the shutdown podcast <laughs> and the JV version of Scuffed. <laughs> if you wanted serious discourse, you wouldn't be here. Um, Halter, continuing as coach or not? The article so, from McIntyre today, like, so the vibe I got from reading it was that he is l- hoping for a, a European club job to open up, but hasn't heard anything yet. And honestly, like he's going to have to wait for January, at least I think for that, to, you know, the gen- the, uh, the winter breaks for anything to happen there. So here's my thought is that a, I think from, from our perspective, having him uh, sort of roll with the Sarachin, 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 something like that. Sarachin role. Um, in, until we find someone actually really doesn't bother me. Right. Like if if he leads us into the 2023 Gold Cup, fine. I like I don't I don't care. Um, like I'd rather yeah, get the right. Really, it doesn't really become an issue for like 2024. I would I would say we need to have our our whoever our our coach is going to be in 2026. We need to have them by 2024. Given the news that came out, was that what yesterday today? Um, yeah, today this morning I think that that the Copa America was actually going to be. Oh hosted in america well so we can kind of like work this in here i think several people asked us basically how how should the upcoming tournaments be handled and i mean obviously the january thing coming up is going to be you know strictly mls under 20 types um and honestly i'd be cool with the you know the gold cup being that as well just strictly mls based this you know this uh this summer the only exception i could say to that is if we do hire a new coach then i think you call up everybody you can just to start working on whatever he's going to start installing um but if it's a similar thing i don't know i think maybe you just start by deepening the player pool and leaving the top of it alone letting them rest get moves that sort of thing and then obviously you 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 know you try to win the copa america so 
Yeah. So, so what I was thinking about this is that um, I think that the Nations League games in March, which are against on the road against Granada at home against El Salvador, um, I think that that should be like a victory lap. Um, like you can, like, like Tim Ream should be there, you know, Kellen Acosta, all, all the guys who you want to give like one more salute to. Um, and then for the gold cup, I'm with you. And the so for the nation's league final, I, I actually sort of in retrospect, loved what we did in 2021, where it's like for the semifinals and finals of the nation's league, we went all out. We brought our A team, we did the thing. Yep. And then we gave them the rest of the summer off. And then Correct. gold cup being a, a B slash C ish team amongst guys who are settled, but don't, and therefore don't need a move. Don't need a preseason. Yeah, um, it looks like you were right. Asa, we are at uh, Granada on March 24th. And then home we host El Salvador March 27th. So yeah. yeah, you're probably bringing the full team for that, but that may be the only thing they get called for this, you know, spring. So, so, so I think, I think like the idea is like, for me, what, what, what my preference would be is that January, we are looking at basically not you, like not you 20, but like the Eric Williamson's of the world. Um, the retiring MLS class. Or not, not, not retiring, but like, Merging. I think emerging, right. Like if, 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 oh. um, if you, you know, if you, if you bring in guys like Quinn Sullivan, great. Um, Eric Williamson, great. Uh, Cade Cowell, who's not a U20, great. Um, essentially like a, what is our, what is our MLS contingent of the Olympics going to be? Um, so like U23 plus, you know, if you, if you want to try some guys out, you know, fine. Right. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if, if, if certain guys who are sort of on the fringes of being too old um, were, were brought in. So like uh, a guy I'm thinking is like, um, is like Miles, actually. If Miles Robinson were healthy, I, I wouldn't hate it if he were there, even though he'll he's be gotta be getting close to being back now. I would guess like whenever training camp opens up for Atlanta, yeah. he's probably gonna be involved. Yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't bring him up to this camp, but yes, right. like a good example would be him. Um yeah. or or uh, or uh what uh what's his name? Um the fullback in, in New York. Um Tolkien, Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, who's like twenty two or something. Yeah. Um so that sort of class. And then, you know, for the Nations League, I think, I think you go full-ish, not, not, super, not true full, but like full-ish where you have Acosta, you have um, Reem, you have these types of guys who you want to say so long to. Um, so like a, a Christian Roldan is, is another good, good example. Jordan Morris, Paul Ariola. That game at, at Granada, I would love to start both Morris and Ariola. Like I would Acosta is out of contract, if I'm remembering right, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah, I believe. I'm, I'm curious if we're going to start hearing anything about him going to whatever Holland or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's. I think that ship has probably sailed, um, especially given. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. But again, the whole development isn't linear thing. If he, you know, if he ends up playing some high level soccer and whatever. Germany or Holland or something, you know, who knows? He's got talent. Just, sure. I, don't, I don't think, I don't know. I, I tend to think the stuff he's missing is too late to develop, but you know, Jamie Vardy and whatnot. Sure. Um, and, and like, and the thing is, is that like, uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm actually sort of surprised that he doesn't have more, um, more, more looks is just because like, there is clear talent there. And so like, you're, you're so much surprised that like, he never got his Swansea loan, right? That, yeah. that Morris Nariola got. Well, um, and I know there's all sorts of like he said, she said stuff about like 
there was rumors that he had a deal when he was in Dallas and then people have come out yeah. and vehemently denied, no, that's not true. There were no deals. And then when he was going from Colorado to LA, supposedly there were people who wanted him at that point, but Colorado could get more money from LA because, you know, the silly funny money that MLS does. I don't even know, but I don't know, he's been trying to get over there forever. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him that he can finally do it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I hope he does if that's what he wants to do. Um, you know, I I guess we'll we'll see what sort of the the uh the plan is with him. But just sort of to to take a like to come back to like sort of how are we going to deal with the rest of this year? Um yeah. and how are we going to deal? And and we'll get to like 2024, 2025. We'll we'll start to sort of I guess preview those those that cycle, the next cycle. Um but I think like as you look at this year, I think that the the March camp like I don't, I don't know that you bring, especially, especially given their proclivity for massive minutes. Like I don't know that you bring Jedi. I don't know that you bring Tyler. I don't know that you bring Wes. You know, well, that's I don't gonna... think you should. Yeah, you don't think you should. They're gonna need rest at some point. Yeah. And like I'm not, I'm not sure. Like another good example is like if Yunus Musa gets a move in January, are we really gonna have him come back in March? Like when that team is is going to like, like that's so valuable for him. Well, it's like Carter Vickers didn't come to the gold cup because mm-hmm. he was trying to break in yeah. at Celtic and yeah. that worked out well for him. He's playing, you know, he's a starting, you know, starting every match for them. So it's going to depend on the club situation. If, you know, Pulisic is buried on the bench for Chelsea and looking for a move. Yeah. He's going to come to get some minutes and, you know, play for a team he enjoys being with and, you know, try to get some, you know, get some attention. I guess I guess now is probably the time to to mention that we have another another uh Pulisic to Bayern rumor. Um today it was Kingsley Komen for uh Christian Pulisic straight oh, up. Oh, was that that silly swap deal that got proposed? Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. No. We have another one of those. Um yeah. the and, and, yeah. It's not going to happen. Um but I I think it's just because like Americans rightly so just would so love to have him in the Bayern setup. Um, yeah, I, I do think that it is worth mentioning that I think somebody needs to have a serious discussion with Christian Pulisic about what position he plays. Um, because I think that he thinks that he thinks that he's like a 10 who, who gets the ball at his feet and unlocks the defense and creates and dribbles. And I really think he's just a late arriving striker. <laughs> Like, that seems to be what he's best at. I mean, <laughs> like, I think like the best moments that Christian Pulisic has is I'm going to sprint into the goalie and hopefully my my foot hits the ball before my head hits his chest. Well, and or like we said, he had out. that he had that two or three month run where he was amazing in Project Restart. But aside from that, like he's gotten less dribbly as he's gotten older, yeah, um, and more of a yeah, like late run in the box finish. You know, I don't know. I mean, I hope he goes somewhere where he can – it just seemed like, I don't know, Chelsea, he just is a little bit big fish in a too big of a pond. He needs to go be a big fish in a medium pond. Like Everton would be a great spot for him or, you know, Newcastle. something like that. Newcastle forever. Um, well, Newcastle, <laughs> I don't know. Newcastle for a couple more years. And then, you know, once they start making yeah. the Champions League and can really throw that – what country owns them? I don't even know. Saudi. But whatever whatever random oh, country yeah. owns them. Saudi. Saudi? Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> Some oil oil rich country. Specifically Saudi. Texas A&M. <laughs> uh, Saudi does also own Texas A&M. 
I'm just saying. That's like, true. Provable. That, so do they technically own Jimbo Fisher? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say they own a person, but yes. But like, I mean, look, whoever signs Jimbo's checks is owned by the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, oh. and, and that's fine because in the grand scheme of, Geopolitics, like I'd rather be on the side of Saudi than Qatar. So I mean, <laughs> nothing proves the depravity <laughs> of man quite like following sports. Right. Well, I, th- I think what it does is it, it's like it's a nice reminder that like, and and like we talked about this in in the football segments a lot, obviously recently. But like, no one, no one is pure. No one is innocent. Um, no. Like I, I, yeah. You know, on a long enough timeline, like and and like it's a nice thing for me because like my worldview sort of relies upon the fact that everybody is terrible and you will do something terrible. Like even, even King David himself was like, I mean, not murder, but certainly like conspiracy to commit manslaughter. <laughs> um, With a little bit of, you know, adultery thrown in as a motive. Sure. Sure. Uh, that was there as well. <laughs> Who does it? Who among us? <laughs> uh, also some white treason. People forget that part of David's story. Just, just, just like treason. But the so, dancing in the underwear thing is actually a good thing. So we're, we're okay with it. It is a good thing. And we learned from, we learned many things from that about joy and singing um, and about shame and how you shouldn't uh, be ashamed of your husband if he gets drunk and, and dances in his underwear. Dances naked down the street. Uh, that's, a, that's right. So dear listener, remember last time when we told you that we would have something from the Bible every week? This week we learn about Mikal and why she. You all should to... read the Bible. There's interesting stuff in there. Great, it's great. Lots <laughs> of stuff. Um, um, so I think I think like the the question with um, with Christian and, and all of our guys really is you know we have now I think two years to get them into good spots, um, and some of them some of them are in good spots. Like Weston might not have somebody to sign his checks when he yeah. returns, returns to Turin. Um, but like he plays a ton at a, at a large club. It's, it's a good situation for him. Um, yeah. Tyler, Tyler and Brendan could not have a better situation. Um, but you know, way has got to move. Like, I, yeah, I, I way, know, def- like, way is definitely on the list needs to get out. I mean, he is a starter for a team that well, mostly a starter for a team that won Liga on like two years ago. I, I mean, think there's the, worse places to be. Yeah. But I think the thing is with, with him is that he has like the Christian under Tuchel problem, which is that they, they see him as a rotation winger slash guy who can play all over the field. And at a certain point, like him playing as a straight right back, because he was playing as a straight oh, right. I back. forgot he did that. Yeah. yeah. Um, like it, like it's, it's, he's too, he has too much utility there. And like, <laughs> I think honestly, my biggest problem with where he's at right now is that I can't watch them on TV. That's, I mean, well, that's the, really, I just need him yeah. to move to somewhere that I get it. I get, I'm able to watch him. So it's just all about me, really. Uh, so any, any other league, any other top league? Yes. Basically. Yes. Um, like I wouldn't hate it actually, you know, like in terms of Wea, um, I wouldn't hate it if he moved to like, um, Portugal because despite it being necessarily a step down, but like if also he played can't it, watch it. <laughs> wait, don't we have, we don't have Portugal. It's Port- I think is the- Portugal was on ESPN plus. I thought it was oh, on ESPN plus too. I oh, okay. So. I could be wrong. I mean, I'll, I I'll so. admit that I don't watch a ton of Alex Mendez who we will talk about in the second half of the show. I'm not even kidding about that. Alex Mendez is sort of like key to one of the questions that we have to answer um, regarding, regarding effective depth. Um, 
because remember it's not depth if you can't use it um uh shack um but i think i think like uh like a move to like a really top level club in portugal because portugal is so defensive would actually be super good for tim because it would help us with like the concacaf bullshit yes but we now saw that teams are willing to scheme us like we saw the netherlands scheme us into a low block so like if we get used to playing low blocks then like that'll probably be helpful can i put my hand up and say i was completely wrong about something by the way sure so we've been talking for a while about how there's like kind of two versions of the u.s that we need to have like the the Concacaf dominate the ball create scoring chances and then like the playing other teams where you don't do that we just played in the world cup and wales iran and the netherlands all did that yeah so yeah. I, I don't exactly know what to say about that. <laughs> but I, I think I think what it says about it is that like there's like a vague respect, which I'll take. And also like I think that like at, at a certain point you get to like a level at which point you get schemed, right? Like people no longer are gonna Belgium you where it's like, oh, we are going to roll the ball out and it'll be fine. Um and the Netherlands looked at our situation, was like, okay, well. We just low block encounter will probably kill them. And they were right. Right. They, they were correct. <laughs> um, but like that, that's sort of like a, a moment that you've arrived because like Netherlands absolutely had to like change their tactics. Think about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, granted, I don't know that they actually had to, because if you watch that game again, you can see that, that Musa and Adams are dead on their feet by like the 10th minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were tired. But but I think, I think like, really, like, it's a measure of respect, but well, I think and that, that we... brings us to that quote, too. Like, as immediately after that game, everybody starts tweeting out the Van Gaal quote, where it looks like he's just crushing Berhalter, but, but really, they're clipping it and providing no context. So they're giving you, like, doing the, the media thing where they give you half of a quote just to make somebody look bad. But, like, the whole quote is basically saying they're a strong team, and strong teams don't adjust their system. They do what they do well. So he was actually like sort of a compliment yeah. saying we're very good at what we do. So they had to game plan to deal with it. And they did very, very effectively. Yes, and part of, well. part of it is like your game plan looks a lot better when your three center backs are Virgil van Dyke, Urien yes. Timber and um, yes. Nathan Ake. And you can bring Matthias Dillett off the bench. Well, and I don't like, I don't need to name names, but. Like there are people out there claiming like it wasn't a um, a difference in personnel between the Netherlands and the U.S. What? And I was like, wait, are you are you kidding? Did you watch it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> would you rather have Virgil Van Dyke or yes. Walker Zimmerman? Be- we like, have an answer uh, to that. Do we need to do this at every position? Because I, like, I think I would take all of the Netherlands guys. Like, maybe did- you take Pulisic, but Over- I'm not. I don't know over who. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think (laughs) if anywhere it'd be in the midfield. I I think the only player who I maybe Tyler. I can I can give you three. I can give you three, and it's only on like a specific situation. It's I I guess I would rather have Jedi than Blind because I like speed, but Blind is a better soccer player. Oh yeah. Um we know that they would prefer death to Dumfries. So that you could say. But Dumfries played out of his mind in that game, um, and yeah. then and then you you go through it and it's like, are, do, do you really want Wes McKinney over Frankie De Jong? 
because you don't. <laughs> like, no, you, do, no. do, do, do you really want Tyler Adams over any of those three center backs? No, you don't. We know that. And, like, that's sort of, like, the, the situation. So um, the reality is, is that, like, Walker Zimmerman doesn't play in the Champions League. And if, and if he could, he would. But mm-hmm. he doesn't. And, and the, but, but if you want to watch the Champions League, do you know where you can do that? Paramount Plus. Hey, everybody. Uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. You have... <laughs> <laughs> do it again no just keep going just keep going uefa champions league soccer is streaming on paramount plus nine months of heart stopping hold your breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars top teams you'll note not arsenal and craziest fan bases across europe watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no. Against Liverpool, no. Man City, yeah, probably. Chelsea, no. PSG, come on. Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us. And more, Bayern, in soccer's (laughs) biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, We'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on on Paramount+, Plus, but they're not going to advertise for that. Golazzo. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I want to tell you guys that I appreciated the apology in in the last episode where you're like, I didn't realize how difficult that was to do. Right. <laughs> Baldly state something, say something weird. So everybody thinks you have had a stroke. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I did actually think you were like, it took me a second to figure out what you were doing last time. Yeah. I was like, that seemed like a throw to me. Oh, <laughs> um so okay so we have we have some listener questions um one of them we sort of already answered but i'll I'll give like sort of a more direct answer so commodore matt decker says how should we approach the rosters in these competitions especially with an eye towards developing effective death so we sort of answered that already like we're going to sort of full group the nation's league group stage and the uh nation's league semifinals and finals and then uh youth tournament or bc tournament the uh gold cup um i do want to say that there was a question like this the the part of that question that i want to talk about is effective depth 
Um, Luca Della Torre was either not healthy or not good. I don't know the answer to that, but one of the two. Um, so effective depth doesn't just mean guys or bodies. It means guys and or bodies who are useful. And so I think that we need to find, we need to find three midfielders. Um, and I, I don't know who they are. I mean, it, it, it could be that we go an all action midfielder, like, like Ledesma. We, we could, you know, Mendez allegedly, cause I don't watch Portugal, um, is, is, is sort of rounding into form as like a true box to box. Um, right. defense was always his knock and reportedly, again, this is just from listening to scuffed and Adam talk and bells talk about it, but supposedly he's gotten better at that. And he's got, I don't know, the best left foot of anyone I've seen in the U S pool ever. <laughs> so ever. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great if we, if we could play him as a right-sided winger, if we're going to just invert our wingers at all times, mm-hmm. like that'd be great. Um, but like effective depth is super important because if you look through our, our team right now, we need to find backups at every position, except for winger. Um, we need to find a um, we need to find three strikers. We need to find probably two center backs. Um, like there's a lot of like like we, make no mistake, I'm very excited about our core, but our core is is not going to fix the problems that we have at four position, three positions, four. Right, positions. I would say like. The only core essential defender I think we have right now is Chris Richards. Do we? But he's never healthy. Yeah. Right. So, like yeah, he's got to be healthy he for a year that. or two before I feel like we can. And again, we haven't really seen him play. Like he played a stretch for Hoffenheim. Yeah. Like, you know, like the second half of one year and then like maybe a whole nother one. But that's kind of been it. So. I, like, like the thing is, is that I, I, we have been sort of rolling with the theory that Chris Richards is the guy for a really long time, but like, has he ever been the guy for us or his team for the U 20 team in 2019? Yeah. Aside from that. Yeah. So like, look, like we hope he gets healthy. We hope he's the guy, but I think like the pressure that was on him over the last six to well, since miles went down um, to be the guy, like it's gone now. Right. Like we don't miles Robinson. He's old enough to 24. Okay. Yeah, 25 so. maybe but like so much of his game is speed i don't know i don't know if you want to roll through the next three years to find out that he's cooked at in, in 2025 um yeah you know so so i think i think like you look through the the depth chart and you can say like we don't even we don't only need to find effective depth we do need actual players at both center back spots well and and striker and again it's kind of easy to be critical of burhalter well, why didn't he develop the depth? Well, do you really want to bring these guys who you know really aren't that good? And be like, oh, he's not that good. He tried. Like, I mean, Gianluca like, Busio played a ton. And, and for a minute there, Definitely he looked tried. like he might have something, but I mean, he just didn't turn into it. Right. Like, like, like you look through like the guys who got minutes, right? And like the eight is just sort of like the best example of things. But like, let's look at center backs, right? All of the following players got serious looks over the last two years. John Brooks, Walker Zimmerman, Miles Robinson, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Eric Palmer-Brown, Chris Richards, Aaron Long, and I'm missing one. Yeah, uh, yeah, really look, yeah, I guess. But, but like, like we looked at eight center, seven or eight center backs to find two, and one of them we only, like, we were forced into finding. Yeah. 
Um, and you look at like the backup eights, it's like Busio got looks, um, you know, legit. He doesn't even start. He doesn't even start for uh, Venice anymore. I'm sorry, Venezia. Venezia. Veneziano. Yeah, like he he's not starting for a, a, a second division <laughs> Italian side. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, I, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't watch a ton of uh, Serie B. Um, but because uh, you only speak the second most Italian. Second most Italian. Um, <laughs> Andrea Novakovic going to be a striker in 2026. Sure. Can we call him Novakovic? Uh, sure. I, I, yeah. I feel like I, I feel like it, it rolls off the tongue better. Novakovic is like a like that's a how I've been saying it in my head for all these years though. It's gonna be an adjustment. But like imagine if his nickname was Nova, like Lox, which is great. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't know if you guys like Supernova. Lox. Supernova. There you go. Um, so so that's like sort of the question about effective depth. Like, can you find out of the the pool of sort of maybes and halves and who knows, like can you find two guys to back up effectively back up McKenny and Musa. And look, like there's a lot of guys. I mean, Jack McGlynn might be the guy, yeah. um, you know, Reed Whiteling Baker or whatever his name is over in. Oh yeah. Seattle. You read the Bill Cotton. You read the Bill Connolly piece. Of course I read the Bill Connolly <laughs> piece. Um, because Bill Connolly is a friend of the pod who showed up once. Um, right. Frustrated. Paul Ryder gets to talk about soccer. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the the other sort of you know guys who you're thinking about, and and look, maybe maybe it's someone who's 18 right now and we don't know about. Um, you know, maybe it's it's a college kid who just sort of develops at the striker do position. Believe, do we believe the Johnny to Italy rumors? No, I feel like Johnny has been going to somewhere for like two years now. Um, Alan Sonora apparently is. Like, like Montreal had him and then just like didn't fax in the paperwork or something. Love when that happens. Um, so he's, he's just sort of like, uh, training on his own in, uh, Argentina and then gonna come stateside in January, allegedly. Um, Montreal's had an interesting offseason. Interesting's a word. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's sort of the, the question of effective depth. Um, do we, want to, do we want to talk coaches or not yet? Yeah, let's talk coaches. Um, because I, I think that the 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 point you made earlier about like this being like a what are we doing um moment for Greg Berhalter, where it's like probably just like gonna shepherd us into the new era. But if you go through the coaches, right? And if you go through like who do we want to bring in, I wanna I wanna bring up two things. One, we all wanted Tata Martina. Every one of us. Every one of us wanted Tata. So, we don't know Jack. Two, I think it should be Pellegrino Matrazzo, and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like, I think like it's such Excellent a... Excellent one-two punch. Yeah. I, I just think like so much of, of who the coach is both is like, it's like a crapshoot. So like, look, whoever our coach is, I hope that, that he gives us a Wiley Coyote effect with the defense and has an offense that like... Scores. Scores occasionally every now and then. You know who I don't want that I keep seeing thrown around? Roberto Martinez. Roberto Martinez. Yeah. No, yes, thank I, you. I've seen a lot of Roberto Martinez. Yeah. Like his I, his agent is his agent is doing a really nice job right now. He he has PJ Fleck's agent. Um I don't know if you know this, but PJ <laughs> yeah. Fleck has gotten in, gotten a raise in like four of the last six years. Um, which is just phenomenal work by whoever is his For a agent. 500 team in the Big Ten West, yes. Yeah. Um 
But like you could just set you could just set a team in the Big Ten West, right? Since right. they're all five hundred, <laughs> they are all five hundred, um, except for uh, Purdue, who won the West and then lost their coach to a middling ACC team. It is his alma mater? I mean, yeah, but <laughs> don't throw off facts. Um, also, like I, I, I feel like Jeff Brom going back to Louisville is just going like like my I don't know. 10 year old self is like very upset because I'm going to be like, no, no, Brian Brom. Brian Brom is <laughs> no, the one. Who's I'm just clicking it. on articles right now, random articles to see who like the, the names that have been thrown out are. How do we feel about Hugo Perez? Cause I don't hate uh, that. I don't hate it. I don't yeah. hate it, but like, I, I think like so much and, and like, I don't want to get into the politics of the whole thing, but like so much of, 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 who our next coach is and who we want it to be and who it needs to be. is like, there's a big part of me that wants at the very least someone who speaks Spanish, like, well, you know, and not like Greg Berhalter does, which is like, I think Spanish is like his fourth language, um, which granted, I think he speaks four languages, but like, I think he speaks yeah, German and Dutch. Own, right? Yeah. I think he speaks uh, German and Dutch. First. Most of his, most of his like playing career was spent in Germany and Holland. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and so like, I would really love it if there was someone who spoke Spanish because like, yeah, the fact of the matter is, is that um, as, as we sort of get into the next four years, like an underlying aspect of what's going to go on here is that, and we don't talk about Mexico a lot, like other than trolling and haha. The fact of the matter is, is that their youth setup and their youth system is cratering. Like they, their, their youth teams are not making tournaments. They're not producing all that much young talent. I mean, if you look at their team, they were old um, mm-hmm. and like, they don't have an actor. Yeah, they're going to be, they're gonna be the pushing wings. hard, hard for dual nationals. Exactly. Just out of necessity at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think yeah. you're, you're going to start seeing kids who like, we would want, um, you know, who we don't even know about right now. Like who we, who, who, who we need to keep in the fold and in the center. Yeah. I'm not, not sure mention... Hugo Perez has the, like the, you know, the CV for it, but if I'm remembering correctly, I think he was like, a. I don't know, like a U15 or a U17 coach with a lot of like the, the Pulisic, yeah. McKenney era guys. So, like, I mean, he's obviously, you know, Spanish speaking and all that. So, and if I'm not, if I'm not wrong here, I think he had El Salvador playing some pretty decent. They were good. Soccer. Yeah. I so, thought that they were playing well when, when he was but, there. Um, That does bring us to, to one of our listener questions. And I, I am trying to get as many of these listener questions in as possible because that's what we do here. Um, we definitely respond to our listener questions when we ask for them. Um, yep. Every time. Every time. So, so the question from, uh, Ryan Anderson, who I'm going to assume is the former power forward basketball player. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I believe current, I believe current power forward. Oh, nice. Most awkward slam dunk contestant ever. Uh well now I need to think about that. You you you've derailed me, but hold on. <laughs> Isn't he the one that kept trying the same dunk over and over and it over? It could have been. I th- yeah, it could have been. I don't know. I need to think about that. Uh, um but he says, why don't more elite US players end up as coaches? Howard, Dempsey, Donovan, none of them coach. Why not? And then he put a dollar sign, which I assume means um that, that there's too much money in broadcast. I, mean, I think it's partially that, but like Landon one, Donovan a- did coach. Yeah, he coached he like US a little bit. Yeah, like the San Diego Loyal or whatever. And I think we've used this particular example before too, but like just because you're good at something, good at doing something doesn't mean you're good at coaching it. And in fact, it can mean you're yeah. bad at it. So like the example I always like is like one of the coaches asked Reggie White at some point to show him like show the other lineman his hump move. 
And it was like, what you do is you just take this 300 pound guy and throw him over there and then go get him. Yeah. And the rest of the guys are like, yeah. What we, if you we, can't do that? We, what if, yeah, we can't. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I think like what I think about is like, you look at like the elite coaches, right. And most of them were not successful players or yeah. marginally successful players. Yeah. Right. Like you look at it and you say like, okay, like Josie Mourinho, not a very good player. Pep Guardiola, not a very good player. Jurgen Klopp, not a very good player. Um, and so like, I, I think like we expect our good players to be good coaches, but they're different skill sets. And often the guy who's sitting on the bench all game, is going to be a better coach than the guy who's yeah. not like backup quarterbacks bench. tend to or yeah. like the make make pretty good offensive coordinators eventually. Yeah. Catchers. Catchers are really good managers because they watch the entire game and do nothing. That's right. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> um, so I think that's the answer. Um, also, uh, Ryan asks, uh, can we fire the set piece coach? We had no game plan and Pulisic was off line deliveries. Ryan, I have some good news. We are in charge of hiring and firing at USSF, we will be firing the set peach coach uh, in the morning. But seriously, if you were the set peach coach, you got to yeah. be feeling pretty bad got, right now. You got to resign. It's like it's like yeah. being the uh, the special teams. I'll leave coach that at one Michigan off State. the resume. I, like if you're if, if if you if you fail that publicly and and obviously, like I don't know, there are there are different honorable co- cultures that require well, you to fall on a sword. <laughs> no, I mean I think you keep it on the resume, <laughs> but you just list it as assistant u.s soccer coach yeah absolutely absolutely you don't say what you yeah. did you just right. speak vaguely you know <laughs> right. consulting with other hobbies. coaches <laughs> yeah it's a um, soft skill right yeah so uh we, we we've got another question um do you think in the next cycle we will see almost all starting 11s not feature one mls player like the line for Iran? um yeah, probably yeah I mean, probably mls is always gonna be the feeder to the u like it like that's just where the most americans are gonna play so, I mean, odds are there's going to be somebody playing well that's going to be on the team. But I think, yeah, like you're it's going to continue in this direction. There's more and more guys going to Europe. So, yeah, I wouldn't see why I mean, not. I, like, I, I think that, like, you, you see why that is likely because, like, you go through the list and it's like, okay, well, our best case scenario is right now, like Cameron Carter Vickers and Chris Richards at center backs and your strikers, Josh Sargent, if healthy, or Ricardo Pepe. And that's all there. There you go. Um, but like, again, like it's not about MLS or not MLS. It's, it's, is your caliber of player at that quality? So like Matt Turner, before he left America, he was still Matt Turner. Like he didn't get magically better at the part of the job that required him to start at Arsenal. He got better right. at the other part. And it's always frustrated me. And the best example for me was people judging players by leagues because forever it was, DeAndre Edlin plays in the Premier League. Therefore, he must be better than Reggie Cannon. And then you watch those two players play for the national team. You're like, oh, I mean, Reggie is clearly better. A lot better. I mean, and this is, you know, back when Reggie was playing well. But yeah. like, like you can't, it's like the the helmet scouting. Like you can't draft a quarterback from Ohio State because they haven't done well. Like, you know, you evaluate that particular person versus this particular person. And you know what? There are, all right. Obviously, on the whole, Premier League players are better than MLS players. But you're really going to tell me every single Premier League player is better than every single MLS player? Come on now. No. There's like three. Um, like I, I think a good example of this is next year, next year, probably, Jonathan Tompkinson is going to be a Premier League player. 
is he therefore a locked in starter for the U.S. men's national team because he's a Premier League center back? No. Maybe he's good enough. I don't know. Austin Trusty probably should be, apparently. Um, man, like. I did not see that coming. I, like, I got to tell you, like, I love Austin Trusty's existence because now whenever somebody says, like, you never take accountability for being wrong. Like, if we ever get to a level of media where they're like, you never say you were wrong. We were wrong about Austin Trusty, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we thought he was a tax write-off. We were wrong. <laughs> 100% thought he was a. <laughs> A move them in the column on the spreadsheet. Yes, we we believed yeah. that to be a tax evasion move, not a um, <laughs> proper footballing move, as they say. Um, so another question we had. Um, oh, that last question was from Patrick Keeler, uh, who responds sometimes. We like him. Um, Scott Jorick, who responds a lot and is uh, also responds a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a guy we like. We we I feel like he has he has good responses. So I feel like I've made somewhat like two or three almost legitimate friends on Twitter over the years. And Scott is one of them. So I feel like Scott, I have to be one of them. If you're listening, well, you're like, <laughs> yeah, I, thanks I man. Talk to you now. I've never actually <laughs> talked to Scott beyond my DMs. You guys don't count, but like people who I've only interacted with on Twitter, like it's basically like, yeah, Scott's one of, one of the few. So, so shout out Scott, if you're listening. Um, but he asks, we need more players in minutes in champions league. Right. Um, yeah i'm not gonna say no yeah yeah i mean like like i I think it's like it's sort of like a cart before the horse like we need better players and those better players will end up at champions league sides yeah well therefore champion league because like i'm gonna bring up do you know who played 90 81 270 540 champions league minutes this year josh cohen josh cohen (laughs) josh cohen played 540 um champions league minutes so Matt Turner know, played zero. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Michael Bradley moved back from Roma to Toronto, kind of one of the the main reasons that he said out loud instead of just sitting back there going to pay me a ton of money was um, he was tired of being a bit player for Roma, and he yeah. was like, "Look, I play, and I, you know, it's not like a insignificant amount, but he's like, I'm not the guy. I'm interested in going somewhere where I can be the guy." And that's not a terrible, you know, reasoning behind it. I just would prefer our, somebody go, you know what, I'm going to go be the guy at Aston Villa where you're still playing a high, high level, but you're not burying yourself on the bench with 17 other, you know, players that also would like to be on the champions league squad. I would settle for like the guy at like Wolfsburg or (laughs) Sporting Lisbon or, Right. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think like so much of this is just about like, it's, it's also a critique of MLS, like make no mistake. If MLS were a better league, we would want our players playing in it. Um, and, and like, part of that is structural. Like, I, I think that there's sort of a limit on how good we can be given the way that we've decided to set ourselves up. Um, and, and that's not just promotion relegation. It's, and like people, People miss it. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a, a sort of like a, a deeply held belief here thing. People think that the biggest issue in America is promotion relegation. It's not. It's the salary cap. Like it's 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 the artificial depression of wages. And therefore people and, and it's not like the NFL where it's like, yes, there's an artificial depression of wages. But where are you going to go? Right. Like if you don't want to if you, if you don't want to play in the NBA or the MLB or the NFL, there's not really a great other option. Right. I guess like in baseball, you can go to Japan. Um, yeah, in, a huge step down 
monetarily. Right. Bas- you know basketball, many- same, same thing in Europe. But like, do you know, do you know why the horrible, evil European Super League tried to be a thing? Because they want to be, they want what MLS has. Right. Why do you think MLS franchises are worth more than random European soccer teams? Even though it doesn't seem like they should be, it's because they have they're guaranteed to be in the top league. Honestly, this is maybe sounds like, I don't know, hot takey, but I would love for MLS to be the best league in the world selfishly because I like parody. Like I enjoy watching the Bundesliga, but we all know what's going to happen at the end. Yeah. But like, I would much prefer to watch a league where I'm like, I have no idea who's going to win. Like, let's (laughs) see what happens in this crazy thing. Um, so, uh, dear listener, that's right. Ben, uh, big fan of the big 12, uh, <laughs> points are made up rule, or rules are made up points don't matter, whatever. Um, but like, I, I think the thing is, is that like, I would love for the MLS to be, to be the best league in the, in the, in the world, because I would like for the best league in the world to happen at 7 PM where I live, not right. 10 AM. Although um, I got to tell you, man, I love my Saturday morning soccer. That, it's yeah. so it's so convenient to the schedule. Oh. <laughs> I like having um, stuff to watch during work. Yeah, I, I still would love MLS to like once soccer once like the European League is end. I would a hundred percent watch whatever MLS game they put on at ten a.m. on Saturday. I I think the thing that MLS doesn't understand is that like you're not gonna win against football in, in the afternoons on a weekend. So like, hey man, play at seven a.m. Who cares? Why not? Mm-hmm. Um. But like more to uh, to to that point about like what we want out of our league, like until we p- pay players what they are worth, um, it, you're never going to get the best league in the world. But like the fact of the matter is, is that if you're an owner of an MLS franchise, you would never do that because I'm pretty sure Minnesota United is worth more than like Ajax, right, or something yeah. like. And like, like, th- like this is, I mean, Ronaldo is giving us a perfect example this week. He's signing for allegedly 200 million euros a year in the Saudi league. Uh, the Saudi league can, you know, get a player of Ronaldo's caliber because they can just give him whatever amount of funny money it takes. And Strictly honestly, speaking, who could have seen Ronaldo aging out so gracelessly? I mean, uh, I, honestly, <laughs> I am just surprised with the grace and class. He usually comports himself. I just can't believe he's going out with a tantrum. Um, I, I mean, I I'm think honestly that, amazing. Made it to 37. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Although, strictly speaking, did he? Like, like, let's look back at the last three years of Cristiano Ronaldo. Did he make it to 37? I thought that was going to be a plastic surgery joke and say, did he actually? <laughs> is he actually 37? Like, as um, a combined combined parts, well, it's, it's probably closer like 29. It's it's a Theseus ship problem, right? Is, is that a yes, is that exactly. a widely nailed it? Is, is that a widely known reference, or do I have to explain that? I'm familiar with Theseus. He, okay, so the that, that killed the, the guy that cuts his, you know, the one that cut your head off in the bed. He killed that monster. Uh, yes. Um, Medusa. No, different Cerebr- guy. Cer- the Minotaur. No. no, no, no. Like the guy who would trap you on the road and make you sleep in his bed, and then he would chop like the bed would be too short, and he would chop your head off. I swear, oh, I do know. Okay. No, 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 no. I, he's right. He's right. You guys he's talk. Right. I'm looking that up. You know, I, I I never heard that uh nighttime story. But the ship of Theseus is a thought experiment where if you have you have a ship in a harbor and it can't go, and like bit by bit it, it it like rots away, but you replace it. So like you replace the entire hull with different wood, 
is the ship yes. still the ship of Theseus, uh, or okay. is all of the wood that you took off, if you built that somewhere else, which one is the true ship? And both of them are. Yes. Um, ha! Procrustes. In Greek mythology, Procrustes was a rogue smith and bandit who attacked people by stretching them or cutting off their legs to make, to force them to fit the size of an iron bed. Killed by Theseus. Procrustes? Procrustes. Not just a not just a per, yeah. Procrustes clown, clown on clown on Simpsons. Podcast does bar trivia. Let's go. <laughs> Son of Poseidon. Oh. Oh. By by who? Uh by Celia, the daughter of Corinth. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So Poseidon. We can had... add Greek mythology. Wait, we can add Greek mythology podcast <laughs> to the to the list of names. Sure. sure. Uh yeah, great. Uh, okay, so Scott has one more question. That's the last question I, I think I, that, that we have is um, let's stress the importance of uh, having roster composed of players, playing in top clubs, leagues, starting playing, being relied upon, getting results. This is for starting 11 and subs, backup, depth. Uh, we need goals from good players. Not going to lie. I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys a trick from, uh, from uh, litigation land. If there's a question that you don't understand, you can just answer with whatever you want to answer <laughs> and just say that you misunderstood the question. So I'm going to take this opportunity to say things like, um, I think that, that, that the importance of having guys who are playing well is actually overblown. And I'm going to tell you why. I think that if you had told me coming into this tournament that the most important players that we have were going to be players who... Um, were, were not really in form at their home clubs. Christian was not in form at Chelsea. Um, Dest hasn't started since March. Um, you know, these were the players who really we relied upon. Turner doesn't play all that much. So I think like the, the, the sort of what I want to get at is I want to just, I just want to get to a level of talent and execution that the amount that people play at home either doesn't matter or the difference between the people who are playing and aren't playing is so little that you can use form as just sort of a decider. Um, hmm. Because well, I, yeah. And, and using your methodology here, um, what it made me think of is, so you know how in uh, NFL football, basically defense is sort of random. You can't predict which teams are going to have the best defense from year to year. Because if like the Rams were the number one defense like two years ago, and then it's the 49ers, and then the next year it'll be who knows. So defense is Seattle if we're going based on geography. Yeah, yeah. So Seattle. The one with a right. Bosa. Yeah. So defense defense is very unpredictable from year to year. Whereas it's fairly easy to predict offense. Like that's why offensive coordinators are so popular as head coaches, because if they can bring that with them, then it's a relatively stable, predictable way of succeeding. Hi, Matt Nagy. Yeah, (laughs) that doesn't always work out. Um, (laughs) But my point here is uh, the same thing is sort of similar with uh, scoring goals in soccer. So if you look at like like the Premier League table or, you know, the Bundesliga table or whatever, the teams that score the most, most goals also have the most points. So there's like a very high correlation between scoring goals and obviously winning games, go figure. Um, whereas Burhalter has sort of taken the opposite approach with the U.S. Like we're not going to concede and we're going to start from there. So 
getting more goals in the team is a good goal as far as winning games. Boy, I, I feel like John Madden just saying obvious things right now. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, I more goals, good. I, I too think that uh, the team that scores more goals oftentimes will win the game. And my beer is gone. <laughs> I was, I was going to let him have that one. Um, so I, 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 I think your point is actually well taken, which is like, should you, should you uh, identify, like what should you identify as being the most important thing of your team? And it's goal scoring, not chance prevention. Um, like, I, I think that point is well taken. Um, but I, I think like for us, so much of the Burhalter era was let's have a good defense and we will figure out the offense on the back end mm-hmm. um, that we got to a point where we c- couldn't, right? It worked up to a point and then and it didn't. Can I, can I guarantee in like 18 months from now, we're going to like ship two quick goals to Costa Rica or something. And everybody's going to yeah. be like, what are we doing? Giving up these goals. And we're all going to yes. look back and with uh, <laughs> more rose colored glasses towards Mr. Burhalter. Well, I, I think that that every every former manager sort of gets that rose colored gra- glasses look because, like, I remember that there were times when, um, like, what MLS, like, like the Sebastian Legit discourse, and so many people were like, "Well, under Klinsman, this never happened." And you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, but do you know what happened under Klinsman?" <laughs> yeah, like, like a ton of things, like not knowing what our formation was. Um, yeah, Klinsman like, doesn't get the rose colored treatment from me. Bob Bradley does, though. I don't know how I'm going to feel, but for right now, I'm saying Bob Bradley is the best U.S. manager we've had under my since I've been watching. Seriously, give me ten years, and maybe I'll have a different answer. Uh, I, th- I think. That, yeah, I mean, I mean, I hope that the answer is Pellegrino Matarazzo uh, when he <laughs> takes us to. I like that's the thing is like I can't even say like right now like when he takes us to the World Cup finals like now nah, when he takes us to the well, quarterfinals and, and talking coaches right now just like. We all want to do it because it's like the next fun new thing, but like you got, you know, you just the obvious ones, Marsh, Curtin, Matarazzo, but like in a month when the tournament's over, there's going to be a lot of coaches on the market. You know, like, would you say no to Luis Enrique? If he was like, Hey, I wouldn't mind coaching the U S so I I don't know. I would ask him if he's of sound mind and body. Are are (laughs) you sure? Like I, I wouldn't mind, and and like this, I don't know if this is a hot take, but like I wouldn't mind Carlos uh, Queiroz. Like really old, isn't he? Is he? He he was like he, around. He was like Fergie's assistant forever. Is he that old? Yeah, I guess I guess he is. Um, I was just like going through like World Cup managers who I who I who I like and I know have some relationship with us. Hey, he's sixty nine. Nice. nice. <laughs> and you know what, dear listener, that's how we're going to end. Um, because you can end in a 69. You can find my panelist, Ben, at halfspaces.com. He's got all sorts of uh, things uh, for you to read. Um, you can find him on Twitter at BL Herald. Uh, ben, anything you want to pimp? Nope, not really. Uh, I think next week I'll have out a, a World Cup recap on the whole, like I'll add up the numbers and give out player of the tournament. It's Tim Ream. Um, but beyond <laughs> that. <laughs> um, all right. So check out, uh, spoilers. Out yeah. Spoiler yeah maybe Tyler Adams. I don't it know. Might be Tyler Adams. Who knows? He might, he might've gotten dinged a little much for, um, 
walking in the ninth minute of a knockout oh, round game. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, so if you don't want to talk about that, but you want to talk about something else like uh, 69s or the Bible, probably not at the same time, you can find my co-host at Mr. Mojo Rising 89 uh, on the Twitters. You can find me at Diamonds Esquire or at TLS at TLS TDS. Um, I am uh, more than happy to respond to most of what you have to say to me. But at a certain point, I stop responding if you're annoying. Um, so like there, there was a huge fight in my mentions about Michigan and Michigan State. And I just like stopped responding because at a certain point, I don't really want to anymore. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Wire Sides put in, Paramount Plus. Um, and uh, I don't know, Fago. Can we get the Fago people? We know the Fago people. That's what I I'm mean, saying. I would like, love some. I would pimp it forever for some rock and rye. I, I feel like we know the Fago people. Okay, we, Fago objectively people. Objectively, we do. Yeah, no, 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 Fago people, we're coming for you. Um, so uh, please like, subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell Mark Zuckerberg, because the Instagram is where our Bible quote of the day will be. Um, and uh, obviously, dear listener, uh, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. That was a really- Podcast Network.